0: You hit school at age five and all the five year olds go in one direction, six year olds go in another, seven year olds go in another, irrespective of what we want to do or how we need to be educated. Um, Then the collaboration that you might want to do is, oh no, don't share your work with anybody. That's called cheating. You have to do it on your own. So it's like all this kind of mentality of look after number one first, you know, watch your back. Don't let someone stab you in the back. Be careful of the competition. Make sure that you get enough clients because there's not enough to go around. So we're kind of living in this world of fear, scarcity, there's not enough, and competition. It's like, you know, you're my enemy.
1: Welcome to the Get Real About Business podcast, where we uncover the real deal on what it takes to start and grow a business fast. It's all about earning the right, where we work hard today so we can reap the reward tomorrow. Prepare for some hot tips today, I'll be your host, Clive Maloney. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Get Real About Business podcast. I'm Clive Maloney and this is episode 46 and boy, do I have a good show for you today. (laughs) Have you ever participated in a joint venture or a project with someone that you really admire? If you had, you'll know how much fun they can be also a great way to get things done in a fraction of the time and they're an excellent opportunity to pool your talents. The old saying, two is better than one comes to mind here. Collaborations can be great opportunities at whatever stage you're at in your business. Now if you want proof of this, just look at the music industry. Stars like Miley Cyrus, Jessie J, Justin Bieber and Beyonce, they all participate in collaborations. I think we can agree that regardless of your musical taste. These artists are successful enough to hold their own, yet they participate in collaborations anyway. Finding opportunities to collaborate is never a hard thing. You can participate in a skill swap if you're just starting out and you've got no money, and then later on you can collaborate on projects on a joint venture basis where both of you invest your resources and everyone benefits from the outcome. Now without a doubt collaborations are great. I never enter into them lightly. I honestly think that you have to set the stage for them in order to get them working properly. You also have to know how to manage them so everybody stays happy families. So today we're going to take a look at how you go about collaborating the right way. But before we get into that I just want to share a couple of thank-yous. First of all is thank you to Booster for leaving a five-star review on iTunes. Now if you've ever tried to build your own podcast or a YouTube channel, you'll know how important reviews are for getting your content found and that's why i wanted to take a moment to acknowledge someone for taking the time to write a review. He says, I am a small business owner, 15 employees, and have started listening to clients' podcast while driving to the office. Every podcast gives me one more eureka moment, and this is the best thing I can get out of what might have been my downtime. So thank you so much for that review. I'm glad it helped you turn your drive time into an education. That really is why I chose this format. And... If anybody else is listening right now, if you you listen to this and you haven't left me a five-star review and you think it's worth it, then I'd really appreciate it if you could take the time to do that. You can do it on iTunes, Stitcher or wherever you found this podcast. Not only will it help the show get found, but it'll also put a smile on my face. So I want to thank you in advance for that. I also want to take this moment to thank my sponsor for the show, KB Virtual Services. I don't know about you, but if you're like me, then you're probably time poor. There's always so much to do in your business, and unfortunately, some of the things that we have to do are not the things that really excite us. And many of those things fail to generate more income for your business or to impact your customers in a real way. It might be your bookkeeping, arranging meetings, could be a lot of different things. People often ask me, what's the first hire I should ever do in my business? Nine times out of 10, I will always say a virtual assistant. What you need to do is to shift the stuff away from you that doesn't generate wealth in your business and focus on income generating activities. Karen at KB Virtual Services is my choice for a virtual assistant. Not only does she arrange meetings for me, do pieces of admin, get my website up to date, all the stuff that needs to be done, but I really don't want to be spending time doing it. But most importantly, she makes me look good doing it. If you're thinking about getting a virtual assistant of your own, pop on over to kbvirtualservices.co.uk forward slash get real. And as a friend of the show, you will get two extra hours of work when you book your first retainer. So that's kbvirtualservices.co.uk forward slash get real. But right now, let's get on and meet our guest for the show. Today, we have co-founder of B Collaboration, a small business coach, Jill Tiny. Now, Jill is absolutely nuts about collaborations. Now, I met Jill, I think it was about eight years ago at B&I. This is my first ever opportunity to network. And it was really Jill that gave me the best education I could in order to get networking work well for me. But if you've listened to the podcast before, you'll know I've got a lot to say on networking. I think it's a really good opening move for any company. But it seems like there's a narrative thread to this because Jill is now focusing very much on building collaborations. Jill, welcome to the show. How are you doing?
0: I'm very well, thanks, Clive. It's very kind of you to have me on. Um, And it's really nice to reminisce, actually. I can't believe it's eight years ago. That's fantastic. And I do remember those days so early in the morning. Wasn't it ridiculous o'clock in the morning? Um, And we used to go and create mini collaborations along the way, didn't we? It was kind of a natural thing that we did together.
1: It was, it was. I never really saw it at that at the time. But, um, you know, I do know that actually I learned a lot from you, particularly about networking, but things in business as well. I think that's the opportunity when you put a bunch of people together in the room and, you know, everybody's serious about getting somewhere, then yeah. there's a huge opportunity to do that. Now, tell me a little bit about where you're at right now. There's a bit of a narrative thread, as I mentioned before. How did you go from being a small business coach I and mean, your business then was steps to success? Is that right?
0: Yes, that's right. Um, the philosophy was steps to success, unlike the Tony Robbins of, of the day where you have um, you make massive impact um, and you have massive output and then you kind of go, I'm a bit worn out now. Um, steps to success was like taking lots of little, tiny, pardon the pun, steps um, and then you kind of look back and go, wow, look how far I've come. So I was working with small business owners so they didn't have to be on their own. They had somebody like, it was their right-hand woman uh, to support them and help them very much like you do um, in your businesses to be there, to be that sounding board, to be that uh, partner they can talk to. So I was jogging along. I was okay. I was having fun. It was, it was nice. My optimum thing is having fun. I like to enjoy what I do. And then I came across this guy called Erkan Ali. Um, and he I now see as a visionary. Uh, and he thinks big. And he was very concerned at that time and still is about the macro position of uh, society and how we are being affected by society. So we started having conversations. We met at an uh, NLP course Um, and what was a a lunch turned into a coffee turned into a come to my office, came into my office and the conversation kept going and it just resonated with me. It really kind of touched me that what would the world look like if we were all able to collaborate effectively?
1: Mm.
0: Now a lot of people do it naturally anyway, and that's fine, but society is predicated on us not collaborating We we are, if I launch straight into the kind of (laughs) the big picture thinking of that, um, look at politics at the moment. It's not exactly working, is it? Dare I say the B word? You know, the politicians are against each other constantly. And there doesn't seem from my perspective to be very much of a, shall we meet in the middle? Shall we compromise? Can I see life from your point of view? Or can you see life from my point of view? No, I'm right. You're wrong. This is the way it should be. And then we're fractured. Everything isn't working. So, if you look at how we are brought up currently in our society, probably your childhood, my childhood, you hit school at age five and all the five year olds go in one direction, six year olds go in another, seven year olds go in another, irrespective of what we want to do or how we need to be educated, Um, then the collaboration that you might want to do is oh no, don't share your work with anybody. That's called cheating. You have to do it on your own. So, it's like all this kind of mentality of look after number one first. You know watch your back don't let someone stab you in the back be careful of the competition uh, make sure that you get enough clients because there's not enough to go around so we're kind of living in this world of fear scarcity there's not enough and competition it's like you know you're my enemy where if you look at the reality of we are one species on the planet and we are slowly ruining our own planet so Potentially, the demise of humanity is at stake here if we don't get off our our high horse and work out how to support each other, how to um, look after each other, how to learn from each other, how to um, share what we have in a collaborative way and be in a place of fear, away from fear, fear, scarcity and competition and move to a place of love, connection and abundance. Because there is actually enough to go around. Here's a stat for you that really freaked me out. About five, four or five years ago, Oxfam released this uh, stat, you've probably heard it, where um, you could get 64 people on a bus and those 64 people that have the most wealth in the world have more between those 64 little old people than 3.6 billion people on the planet, the poorest people. So on on one hand, I'm like, whoa, hang on. 64 against 3.6 something billion they did have a specific um number but then the following year and the following year and the following year oxfam do it again and do you know what the stat is now i
1: don't know what is it
0: three people have more combined wealth than over half of the population on the planet wow That's now mean. how in anyone's book is that fair there is plenty to go around it's just some people have way too much and some people don't have anything at
1: all. That's interesting because actually, you know, I've got no problem in other people having a lot. Where I do have a bit of a problem is that where other people don't have enough. And, exactly. And I thought I it's quite interesting what you were talking about earlier, actually, when you were saying about how, like, there's this whole mentality about you've got to do it on your own, you've got to do it on your own. Actually, sometimes I talk about, like, why, do, why are you doing this? What, is, you know, what do you want to achieve here and who are you trying to prove it to? And most people are just... You know, somehow they're trying to work it all out. They've got this pressure that they've got to do it all on their own. The other thing is well, you mentioned the word compromise. You know, why don't we compromise? Like, you know, talk about Brexit and everything else. Mm -hmm. The the trouble with compromise is that it means that both parties have to lose out on something. It means that uh, at any one stage, one of you is losing out completely or both of you are losing out a bit. But you mentioned,
0: hmm. (laughs) (laughs) what if there was a third way? What if there was a solution where nobody loses
1: out and that's collaboration, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. I think compromising collaboration are two different things. Totally.
0: Yeah. And even, um, cooperation is different to collaboration. Uh, Teamwork is different to collaboration. It is a mindset to be able to collaborate. So if you imagine you come to the table to collaborate and there is no right or wrong, there is no win or lose. Because all the things that we come to the table with is our past history and our belief system and where, we are, where we're from and who's taught us and what we think is right or wrong. And in actual fact, if you think about it carefully, there is no right or wrong. So it's like, okay, if we believe there is nothing, everything is empty and meaningless. <laughs> what can we create that will be a solution to this issue or will be a creation that's something new that on your own you wouldn't have thought of. But when there's two, three, four, five of you You can create something brand new that's a solution to the world's problems, to um, just three people's problems. Our definition of collaboration is taken away from what the dictionary says, but we just believe it's humanity at its best. When you come to something and you're being the best that you can be, hence the B of B collaboration, you work on yourself, you're the best that you can be, then collaboration is possible.
1: It's funny, isn't it, you see a lot of the collaborations occur during times of great strife in the world. Um, You know, tsunamis and uh, terrorist attacks and things like that. Yeah, it's amazing. People come together, and they really are are an example of humanity at its best. And yet, on a day-to-day basis, I think we can all understand, yes, working together makes sense. It does, but we don't do it and maybe it's a little bit as you said like we're educated you don't cheat you you know you don't look at other people's papers you have to work it out your own do you think that's it or do you think there's other reasons why we don't collaborate so much
0: well i think you're right when there is a disaster or there's an emergency we go back to our natural state we are meant to collaborate if you go back to you know um cavemen times You know, that's how the the community would work. You know, well, I'll do this but you do that But I'm really good at that. You do that bit. Mm -hmm. You know, the strongest would go out to hunt. The weakest would stay behind and look after the children, whatever it happened to be. But when we're not in an emergency situation, we all kind of step back a bit and we go back into what we've been taught through society over the millennia of um, someone's in charge, someone tells us what to do. We have to make sure we uh, follow all the rules, all the regulations. Yeah. And um, one of the things we've done whilst we've been building um, the bee collaboration community is to do a lot of research around it, because obviously you start with this kernel, kernel of an idea. And again, Erkan being the OCD guy he is, he researches and researches and researches. And then he just comes up with this you know, balloon of information. So I kind of go, okay, well I'm going to take that and take that and I'm going to go and have a look for myself. Cause at the end of the day, you've got to discover it, this stuff for yourself. You can't just take someone's word on it because there's so much information out there. you you don't know what rabbit hole you're going down. So you have to kind of work it out for yourself, how you see things. Um, So one of the things that I researched was the thing um, that he'd started looking at was spiral dynamics. Now, there's a guy called Claire Claire Graves. Uh, He died in the 60s, I believe, and it's been taken over by um, Don Beck. Um, And these guys looked at um, society and how it operates through history and then it looks at globally currently and then it looks at individuals so it's a multi-level space of how society functions and when you can see that through the years we have come from Uh, a survival mechanism, which is what they call, I think, the the beige colour. So you imagine this spiral going up and up and up. um, And the bottom bit is when we first existed and it was all survival. You know, you need to food in your belly and a roof over your head. And then as it goes through uh, historically, you go into the maybe blue level, which would be um, the religious level. Uh, And Religion is based on rules and regulations. I'm right, you're wrong. So people were comfortable following rules because it made them feel safe. But then, as you go through history, you come out the other end, and then it's like, well, what's in it for me? And you could potentially um, look at this. I think he calls it the orange layer. And correct me if I'm wrong, I'm doing this from memory. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it might be pink, I don't know. I think it's the orange layer. But it's like the yuppies and the 1980s and the Thatcherite years. It was like, you know, everyone was looking out for themselves. And then after a while, people got fed up with that. So you go into the green level, which is like. Um, the environment, we have to look after the planet, we're damaging our planet. And now we're emerging from this green level into what they call teal or um, turquoise level. And that is about self-organizing. And this is what uh, Don Beck and Claire Grays acknowledge is the thing that we are morphing into now is a self-organizing organization. Because we're rebelling against politics, we're rebelling against government, we're rebelling against the system the monetary system, the economic system, all the things that aren't really working for the majority of the people on the planet. So when you consider what does it look like to mm. be a self-organized organization? And basically we don't know yet. So what we're trying to do in be collaboration is have that new system we're trialing it out. We're trialing what makes a good collaboration, what what happens when it doesn't work. We haven't got all the answers. And this is the wonderful thing is people keep coming along going, have you thought about that? I'm like no that's genius i hadn't even looked at it that way before because there are more people that can have their their input into something from a space of making it better from a space of solution focus rather than coming along going well you shouldn't be doing that that doesn't really work that's terrible i wouldn't be doing that if i were you that doesn't serve anybody but that's the um the society we're in at the moment is people come and in order to help they think they have to point fingers and tell you where it's wrong yeah. no <laughs> can you kind of help us and show us where it could be right and find a way forward so if you end up with a um, say in middle management there's a team they've got a project to do um, if you come around with a solution focus asking questions rather than stopping everything at the at the past because oh I don't agree with that that doesn't feel right oh no I'm not going to be doing that, that. well in my department marketing we can't possibly do that sales think we can do that but we can't so in my, my it's like It's covering your back. It's watching out for number one. It's making yourself look good. All these kind of things that we've been taught are our survival mechanisms. And when you all of a sudden you move into a place where you don't have to survive, you can be authentic. You're allowed to be vulnerable. You're allowed to get it wrong. You're allowed to make mistakes. I mean, one of the guys on um, our platform, uh, B Collaboration Global, he's trying to um, start, why he is starting this movement around if schools were able to uh, glorify mistakes, go, well done. That's fantastic. You've made a mistake. That will help you go on to the next bit now Mm -hmm. because now you've understood that. So you can go on to the next bit and learn a bit more rather than, Oh, you got that wrong. Fail. That's no good. What a shame. You better go and sit on that table over there with the other losers you know it's like how do children ever learn anything when you've got that mentality in the school and don't get me wrong i know in every school there are teachers that are beautiful and they're genius and they you know they get the best out of their pupils but the system that they are working in you know the curriculum that you have to deliver pardon my french you know, it's pants it's rubbish it, it's too re- restrained um, have you heard of ricardo semler i haven't no he, he's done a TED Talk. Give him a Google. Oh, I love that man. He's Brazilian. Um, and he's got a business whereby um, the staff get to choose their own, where they go to work, when they go to work, how much they get paid at work. It's all about choice. It's all about, you know, and again, if you're not coping and you're able, you can put your hand up and go, I'm not very good at this at the moment. I need some help. Where in the corporate world in the UK, if you put your hand up and go, I'm not very good at this, it's like, well, you're out then.
1: No, and the thing is, when we get into this right and wrong mentality all the time um, and, uh, you know, are you measuring up, are you measuring up, we, we then become risk averse. And when we're risk averse, exactly. we, t- we obviously don't take risks and therefore we don't grow. That's, you know, that's where the growing lies. We're doing stuff that perhaps we didn't know that we could and trying stuff and then failing and then learning from our failures. You know, that's, yeah. that's what learning is about, isn't it?
0: Exactly. Um, and as adults, we now know that. But when you're in it, when you're 15... It's a scary place. And add into that social media. Um, and I'm shocked and horrified by the the vitriol that people think they're allowed to put onto social media, just whether it makes them feel better to do it, but to attack people and bully people. And, you know, so already it's tough being in school, trying to learn things with the, the system being You're graded every step of the way. You're tested every step of the way. You're put under pressure every step of the way. Then you add in that some of your peers are having a go at you on social media as well. It's a tough life to be 15 at the moment. So for them people to imagine what it would be like if you're allowed to be vulnerable, if you're allowed to say something and be wrong, but then it's a celebration because you've learned something – um, we had a, an 18 year old come to be collaboration meeting once, And at the end of the meeting, he said, I really loved it. I said, why, why was that? Why did you love it Elliot?" And he said, uh, well, because I could put my hand up and know that whatever I said, wasn't going to be ridiculed. I didn't feel like I had to be right. I felt like I could say what I wanted to say and nobody would laugh at me. Mm. Cause and I said, is that how you feel at school at 18? He said, yeah. He said, it's, it's not a nice environment to be in. Yeah. And one of the things we do, um, because we appreciate that kids at uh, an early age still have their genius within them. We haven't beaten it out of them necessarily. We have bring your kids to be cold day. So uh, once or twice a year, we will have meetings that the kids run. So if you've got children, rather than sort of bring your kids to work day, bring them to be collaboration and they lead the meeting. And they teach the adults as much as the adults can teach the kids because at the age of like eight, nine, 10, up 15, whatever, they, in a space where they're allowed to be themselves and they can try something out and it's like, you can see them. It's brilliant. And um, we've got videos of these guys, you know, uh, standing at the front of the room and there's maybe 20 adults sitting there and they go, oh yes, you, you next. And then you over there. And then yes, I'll come to you in the, in the front. That's great an eight-year-old doing that you know yeah. it's just the confidence is just wonderful and and it is because they know that there's well, no one's going to take the mickey no one's going to be mean to them no one's going to
1: and that, you know. that's so important uh particularly for young people but also for small business owners people in business the the thing is often we lack confidence um, and yeah. there's a huge opportunity to gain it. i was interested in what you said earlier about like how we departmentalize and we do this in businesses anyway. We like compete between departments. And you said about sales and marketing a little bit earlier, yeah. talking, and how uh, it seems the holy grail now uh, is to get sales and marketing teams to talk together. Um, and so there's a big business for uh, consultants out there who are into supply chain management. And basically they look at the various different stages involved in getting a product to market and everybody's involved and they look at to see if they, what they can do to shorten that chain. And that means collaboration. That means working together and also cutting out yeah. some of the rules and the, the, the regulations for how you work and start to you know, see right, how can we do this together and how can we make this quicker, like uh, lower cost, get better results. Yeah. So let's that's bring,
0: the ironic thing sorry, go for it. Is, is when you are, when you are collaborating um, effectively and from the right space, it saves money and it saves time.
1: It's exactly. so simple. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So let's talk about collaborations, which collaborations should we get involved in uh, as, mm-hmm. as entrepreneurs and small business owners? Where's a good place to start?
0: Um, Well, you can start anywhere, really. I think it's where there's an opportunity. Uh, Be open to new things, be open to that possibility of what if. Mm. So let me give you um, an example. Um, One of the guys in our uh, community stood at the front of the room, as anyone can do, and went, I've had a bit of an idea. (laughs) What I'd like to do is, uh, and he asked for some help. Uh, and basically, his idea was supporting 18 to 24-year-olds because he felt it was tough for them coming out of college or uni with a business qualification um, and not having a clue how to run a business. Uh, and in fact, probably you did the same as me. When you first started, you go and you pay loads of money, shed loads of money to go on a course or to listen to speakers or go on seminars or all the rest of it. And these kids coming out, they've got no money. You know What do they do? They've already spent their money on getting the blooming degree in the first place. So he wanted to put on an event that he called an extravaganza. Uh, And he wanted to bring in speakers from London, no, top speakers, to come in to speak for these kids, but he didn't want them to have to pay for it. Um, And he also brought in kids, like 18-, 19-year-olds, young people, um, that were rappers, singers, dancers. He had finalists from The Voice, and everyone got very excited. Um, So he put on this extravaganza. But the reason he stood at the front of the Bee Collaboration room was, I need some help who's interested now there was no money exchanged in hands um, but when I went to the actual day the first day he did it's on a Sunday so people had to give up their Sunday precious day yeah. and I sat at the back of the room and I was like <laughs> there were 16 collaborators there that came to support him that were doing a job for him in order for his um, event to go off without a hitch now he did have other people supporting him as well but they were there they were you know whatever they could do they were doing to help him and nobody earned a penny now the thing is, that is an example of no money exchanging hands, but that potential then became more viable because somebody asked him to do another one, and somebody said, "Can I exhibit at your event?" And he's like, oh, "Okay." So now he had businesses coming in who want to talk with young people who are thinking of starting businesses, and he had over two hundred in the room. So it was a good place to exhibit if your your market is startups. And then he had somebody said, "Would you do this in Birmingham? Would you do this in Peterborough?" Um, Now, he wouldn't have had that opportunity in his business, and it carries on today, he's done four or five now, I believe, if we hadn't supported him because people believed in what he believed. Those people that supported him, it wasn't about doing it for him because he's a nice chap. They did it because they were passionate about what he was passionate about as well. And it was an opportunity for them to give back and do something. So I think a lot of the time is to do a good collaboration is follow your heart. Do what you believe is going to be giving to other people and then people will be aligned with your passion because that will be their passion as well. And if you get three people that are aligned, their, their culture becomes aligned, their values become aligned, they're on a mission. Then not only is it going to be a successful conclusion, but you know what? They have a lot of fun as well. Mm-hmm. There's nothing better than just working on a project together. Uh, and it just is, is a joy, absolute joy.
1: So Jill, I think we can agree that collaborations are an absolutely brilliant thing to get involved in. But as I said at the beginning of today's show, I am very careful about the collaborations that I do get involved in because sometimes they go wrong. And I think maybe that's how we set it up. Maybe it's, as you said before, about not being properly aligned. So can you give us some tips here? How can we make sure that things do go right? And why is it that sometimes they go wrong?
0: There's a million things buzzing through my head now. I'm thinking about pirates, but that's a whole other podcast. (laughs) I'll tell you another another day. So, what can go right and what can go wrong? You're all bringing your baggage to the table. You're all coming with um, the last collaboration I had with that guy didn't work very well, and he was an idiot. So, therefore, I'm going to come as though he's an idiot, and I'm going to be prepared, and I'm going to make sure I'm covering my back. And you have to let all the baggage go. You have to let that go. So, you've got to set up some ground rules in the beginning you've got to be able to say this is the culture that we're going to be working in and spend some time doing that. Understand what the culture is for a good dynamic to work. Mm. Understand what each other is really good at. You can all very easily say, oh yeah, I'll do all of that. No, No problem. I can do that. But actually your sweet spot is this just tiny little bit over here. You need to be working in your sweet spot in a collaboration so that there's no crossover and you're not trying to be a jack of all trades you're trying to be a specialist in your one area because when you are working in your flows in your genius it's really good fun and it doesn't feel like work at all that's the whole point collaborations are supposed to be exciting and fun but if you don't set up the ground rules even something as simple as banter now some people go oh it's just banter it's fine and other people are like no, that's actually verging on bullying and I don't like it very much. It's that kind of understanding where people are at and what helps them to cu- create, curate and create a safe space. That's what you're looking for, where people are allowed to make mistakes, allowed to muck it up in order to find the gold that is within Because quite often the perfect collaboration that is creating something new that on your own you wouldn't have been able to do, that on your own you wouldn't have been able to think of, by making the mistakes, that's when the the magic comes out. But if you're in a place where you can't make a mistake and that person over there is going to ridicule you and that person over there is going to say that don't be ridiculous, you can't be free. So you have to be allowed to be vulnerable, you have to be allowed to be your authentic self and you have to have a safe space and that takes a bit of work. And it's worth spending the time before the project even starts to actually find those ground rules and create the culture for this particular project and this particular
1: collaboration. This is really interesting to me, Jill, actually, because there's a couple of things you're bringing out here that are just kind of hitting home for me. Obviously, we both trained as as, as coaches, and one of the first things they do is when you learn to to coach people is they talk about having an intake session or some kind of discussion early on when you first start working with people. Of course, coaching is all about collaboration. Um, Mm -hmm. And that you set out the ground rules. Um, So here you're doing exactly the same thing. You're saying, okay, so how are we going to make this work? And I thought it was really interesting you mentioned about humour there. Because I remember um, one of my past clients, in fact, I'm still working with him today, three years on. uh, But um, when we first met, I didn't realize that he had such a dry sense of humor and so he would make a comment and I thought he was being deadly serious but it kind of sounded a bit flippant Mm. and I didn't realize he was just joking but I just because I'm you know I I like to laugh but I'm not of that type of humor my granddad was the same actually he was very very dry and I didn't always get him but (laughs) it, it was only further down into the relationship when I realized I was just joking and so this whilst I didn't take offense uh, there was this bit of uncertainty, like, what does he mean by that? And, you know, I'd, I'd like to think I'm relatively self assured now. I, I You know, there's been times in my life when I haven't been, but yeah. that could have easily thrown me off. And so, this thing about, like, you know, how do we work? How do we talk? How do we communicate? How do we laugh together? I actually think that maybe that is part of the secret sauce here.
0: Yeah. And, it's understanding if you just have the basic rules of uh, love, connection and abundance and, and you kind of have little watchwords and safe spaces to kind of go, oh, that doesn't quite fit with me because you don't want anyone to be feeling unsafe. You, you want them to be able to create something special. And in order to create, you have to kind of go above and beyond and come out of that comfort zone. Each of the people in the group whoever are doing the collaboration, you, you've got to push the boundaries a little bit and you just come and feel your way out, but be safe enough to be able to do that. And that's when something special happens.
1: Would you argue then perhaps part of the equation is about a working out what it is that you're trying to achieve? So, you know, what does success look like? So when does this collaboration naturally come to an end? Because this is what we do in teams all the time. Yeah. In fact, you, know, if you if anybody's heard of the Tupman's model, you get forming, storming, gnawing and performing. There's mm. like, the you know, the, the last... Uh, the last part of that model is adjourning and that's often not taught and adjourning is the um, is is all about bringing things to a close and Mm. finding closure on those relationships and on that project do you think that that's something to work out Jill?
0: Um, It can be um, it's not essential to work out I mean um, one of the things I was going to say to you is I read a fascinating book a little while ago called The Click by the Braffman brothers B-R-A-F-M-A-N and they illustrated that when people click and they're happy together to work together, um, they did a scientific experiment where there were three people that had a project that lasted a certain amount of time and they all had the similar um, experience and skill sets uh, that was required for the project and they went off. And then they had another three people, (coughs) excuse me, that had uh, the same skills, experience, same project, same amount of time to fulfill it. But they clicked, they got on. So in other words, they shared similar values, they had a a culture that was great, they liked each other, they um, had fun in each other's company, they felt comfortable with each other. So not only did the first three finish the project on time, Mm. and then, thank you very much, done deal, finished. But the second ones that had finished, not only did they finish the project early, They went above and beyond and actually created something even more. So they went past the deadline of what they should be doing and they created more value for money, so to speak, at the end of it because they were having fun. So if you are enjoying it, so say, for example, you do a collaboration with another company and it means that your staff are working with their staff and you're coming together. But you know what? If you're working together and it's enjoyable and you are creating something that is viable, that is tangible is, is working for everybody m- from a monetary point of view, from um, every aspect, why would you stop?
1: Mm. You, would,
0: you would just keep going. So, yes, it's always good to have an outcome to go that if we hit this outcome, we are successful and we have done our project. But isn't it nice to have an open-ended to, okay, you might have a time scale on it, but isn't it nice to have the, uh, what it reach for the um, moon and hit the stars, or is it the other way around? <laughs> <about> Uh, But, you know, have that open-ended opportunity to take it to the nth degree. How far could we take this? So in B Collaboration, we talk about if you impact somebody that's sitting next to you, then that's perfect. That's a reason to hold a meeting because somebody's gone away, gone, wow, I never thought about my life like that before. I'm going to go and do this. But actually, our ultimate game is to impact the world. So somewhere in between, <laughs> there are all these different levels and permutations where you can come to. And it depends on the people within that group how far they want that collaboration to go.
1: Okay. So the
0: people design it for themselves, but I think it's always nice to have a little window of opportunity just on the jar and see okay. where you can take it. Because if you do click and it is fun and you having great results, yeah. why, why would you stop? You, you keep with those people and you do more and more
1: yeah that's interesting because it seems to me that a few people ever really experience what it's like to be in a very high performing team no. and and you know most of us work in like performing teams they're okay they get along, get along fine but very few of us are in very very high performing teams and when we are there is a huge amount there's a lot of challenge but it's cha- challenging ideas not each other um, and there's this you know, absolute sense of being kind of in it together um, and all driving in the same way. And, And that's a wonderful experience. But again, few people experience that because how we relate is very confusing and very difficult. What if you start, and this is going to sound like I'm being a bit a bit of a misery guts here, but just, <laughs> <Go for it. laughs> I, I, I just want, to, want us to get this right here. If you do start a collaboration, things are going great at first, but then for some reason somebody's not doing their part or perhaps somebody's behaving in a way that's kind of difficult and you're struggling with, mm. how do you cope with that? What would you say to do?
0: It It depends because... Is it you're finding them difficult or they are being difficult? Because sometimes what some people perceive as being difficult for other people is like, that's not a problem. That's yeah. fine. So I think we have to have, as I say, within the culture, you have to look at yourself first. Yeah. So, okay, I've been triggered by something. That person has annoyed me. Why have I been triggered? What is it about that person? that Oh, that reminds me of my brother. That's why it really, oh, flip. Yeah. And understand yourself really, really well before you actually accuse somebody else of not Doing something, And if they are not performing, then it's finding the reason why. If they're not happy in the team, if they're not pulling their weight, they're not enjoying the project, is there something they're feeling uh, out of their depth about? There will be a reason why, if they are um, not producing what they should be, there'll be a reason. Um, and if they're in denial or if there's, oh, it's fine, it's okay, uh, all of that is a negative um, attitude that actually there's something going on inside them that needs to be talked about and shared and uh, gets, and that's them being vulnerable because whenever we're vulnerable, we put up the shades, don't we? We, we stop ourselves from, you know, I'm fine, I'm okay. That's yeah. So it's like you need to be open and authentic in these spaces and if one person is getting triggered or somebody else isn't performing or whatever it is, you've got to get to the bottom of it for that person. So mm-hmm. quite often having somebody on the team that is able to do that coaching is really, really useful to help understand where the little problems and issues arise. Um, I've recently written a blog um, on the Bcol website about the different elements of a, a great team. And if you have um, 12 people in a team, you're going to find that within that team, you're going to have the visionary who's got the idea of where we're going to take this. Mm. You're going to have the catalyst that's kind of igniting it and getting it going. You're going to have the driver um that's going to be pushing it forward Uh, and everyone kind of takes on these roles and can morph into them and can come out of them but it's understanding what your role is within the team and what you are so when people have clear guidelines they know what they're supposed to be doing and if it's not working for them they have to be open about it and they have to share so and sometimes it's a personality conflict but then that's usually about the person that's being upset the upset lives with them and not with the other person. And, and having someone within the group that can be the coach to support them and help them will will move it forward and, and get the, the collaboration. Because the collaboration doesn't sit outside the people, the collaboration is the people.
1: Good job. Yeah, love it, love it. Well, I hope that for everybody sitting here listening to this or perhaps driving the car, doing the washing up, walking the dog, whatever you're doing as you listen to this, <laughs> I hope you're inspired today because I think that genuinely we are better with others than we are alone. We get Absolutely. so much more done um, and it's so much more fun. Mm. Uh, Jill, I want to ask you one final question, um, which we'll get to in a minute. It's get, to give you a heads up here, it's going to be the best and worst collaboration you ever took part okay. in. What, you know, <laughs> before, before we do that, Jill, for those people who want to connect with you, I'm sure they do, how do they do that? Where can they find you?
0: Um, well, the website is bcollaboration.com. That's B E collaboration with two l's in case somebody i'm not (laughs) (laughs) sure.com and i'm at jill g i double l at b collaboration.com if you want to drop me a line Um, i'm on twitter at jill tiny Uh, we have a facebook group um, the journey of possibility by b collaboration Um, there's lots of videos and content and engagement going on in there and we also have our platform if you go to the mighty network uh, and search for Bee Collaboration, you'll find us in there as well. That's free to join. We've got a huge community around the world there. That's what we call Be Collaboration Global. Um, and there's lots of events that you can check out. There's online stuff going on. We've had online meetings. Um, soon to launch, I'm looking forward to it, is a book club over there. Um, yeah, and there's lots of different places. Oh, come to a meeting. I'm at Hartford. I'm at London. We're launching Park Royal in May. Um, we're launching Liverpool in may as well so um if you've got friends up there or if you're far afield and you want to come to those uh, it's all on the website and i'd love to see you at a meeting It'd be fantastic and i'd love you to come to a meeting as well clive i think you'd have fun
1: yes i'm sure i would i'm sure i would uh, so what i'll do is i'll make sure that we get all of the links to those things there are lots of links to share we'll put those on the show notes page as well as some of the other people you talked about uh ricardo Sem-
0: semler s-e-m-l-a-r semler
1: okay we'll put brilliant. him down and anybody else that you mentioned there i'll make sure i'll go through and get Thank all of the links so that if you want to follow these people we'll put all that on there and that'll be in the show notes page i'll remind you the link Fabulous. again later but it's get real about business dot com forward slash 46 Uh, but again i'll remind you about that in a bit now let's just come back to you jill uh, for a final little piece of uh like advice or tips that we can get from you jill best and worst collaboration you ever took part in and what did you learn from them oh
0: um Well, I think probably the best one I've already explained, which was the um, ISO, three people getting together and creating something that I personally found very, very difficult. But I learned so much from the whole process and it's attracted so many people to us for our business. And I've actually met the guy that's written um, part of the ISO as well. And and he was dead chuffed that we'd uh, got the standard. Um, And the fact that two people, it wasn't working. And then all of a sudden, the third person came in, and it was magic. It was harmony. Wow. It was harmony is a big thing. When it's working well, you can just feel this energy, this buzz. The meetings that we had, whether it was online, nobody ever missed them. If it was offline, we went to a lovely little pub and we sat down and we worked really, really hard. But it was just joy, absolute joy yeah. to be part of that small team. Conversely, um, one that didn't go so well, which is such a shame, but ironically, Uh, We pulled together a group of business coaches.
1: Okay. (laughs) Sounds like a recipe for disaster, Jill.
0: Oh, my goodness. (laughs) You can imagine, can't you? There was at least a dozen, right? So B Collaboration isn't about locking out your competition. We welcome everybody because all business coaches can work together, and it's fabulous. And quite often we have in, in smaller groups, but we started off too big. So there's a top tip. Start with three and then bring people in. Get the three and get the culture right, and then you bring people in. That's what we found works well nice so far. But f- this is what, how we found it out because we started with 12. And it was like herding cats. It really <laughs> it really didn't go. And one of the biggest things, um, that again, we've learned really well, is that people bring their ego with them, mm. packed very neatly in their briefcase. And they pull their laptop open and the ego gets out and they think they know everything. And collaboration doesn't work with ego; you have to leave it at the door um, and so one person wanted to be at the you know flip chart, another person wanted to be at the whiteboard and blah, blah, blah. and it was there were no arguments the the culture in b collaboration was enough that we didn't get upset with each other, but it was clunky it was it it didn't work basically we got so far we developed a workshop together, and the potential was massive, but one by one by one, we all went. It, no it didn't work, and we then we analyzed it we went through it, so we learned the lesson for the next time yeah. and we've had coaches working together since then, but we always start off with a small core with an objective outlined and the um, agreed uh, points of culture of how we operate in this particular one they 're not all the same because people are different, so some people like a bit of banter and want to have fun, and some people you know it's like oh no i don't really you know, so you have to work it out for every individual group, um, so we realized that getting twelve business coaches in the room that was really really silly (laughs) it took took us about six months to go you know what time out (laughs) let's not do this shall we Uh, but we all walked away with something of value because we all learned from it and we all had bits of the project that we could utilize for our own businesses so Mm.
1: Well, that's good so it's, it's not so it wasn't a complete disaster
0: no you can always learn but imagine if it had worked how awesome that would have been the yeah. talent and the skill set of 12 coaches to come together to put on uh, an accelerator course or something like that it would be phenomenal and i'm not saying it will never happen because these guys are still around now
1: yeah.
0: who knows what might come of it but yeah. we did learn a lot of lessons from that and you know leave your ego at the door you can't you
1: can't do it. Yeah. Do you know what? I think the thing is when we start calling ourselves experts, that's when ego comes into the frame. I honestly think that maybe part of the secrets to success of this is being willing to be vulnerable and yeah. being prepared to say, do you know what? I'm not an expert at everything. Um, and I've got certain things that I bring to the table and I'm happy to share that and give you know way more than I would expect to get a return. But also to be open to the fact that actually, you, you know, you, you've got an opportunity here to learn from one another and that is, that's a positive thing, yeah. not just a sign of weakness.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And the more you can share, if you imagine we're all here on this planet together, if we can help each other, then you're halfway there, aren't you? It's just forget that you're, you've got to worry about you, forget there's not enough to go around and just be generous and kind and supportive and loving Love is the superpower. If you can love the people around you, even the ones you find irritating, then you can you can get by and you will make beautiful collaborations along the way.
1: Wow. That's a, a brilliant place for us to stop there. Thank okay. you so much for everything you shared today, Jill.
0: You're very welcome. Thing. i've loved it i've had a great time thank you <laughs> even the exciting bit in the middle are we going to talk about that
1: <laughs> well okay the little exciting bit in the middle is that there was a power cut um i would have cut this out in the, the editing but we had a power cut so halfway through jill was <laughs> was steaming on and uh, i was i was all so on my own <laughs> <laughs> I was, I myself it.
0: for about three hours you know <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, um, <laughs> but with the magic of that's editing, funny. that's all gone for you. Um, just yeah. again, thank you, Jill. I'd um, love to have you back on there sometime, and I, I hope yeah. that we participate in a collaboration. Yes, that would be awesome. Anybody yeah. else listening? I encourage you to take this moment. If you feel inspired, um, and even if you don't, find inspiration. There is so much opportunity out there to work with other people, to learn, to you know, to get better. It's um, just an enormous growth opportunity here. So do make sure that uh, you look for opportunity to collaborate. And of course, if you want to connect with Jill, then uh, you just check out the links on the show notes page. What I do have as well is that I was thinking as we were talking, I do have a kind of rules of engagement that I created for another course earlier, which is all on joint ventures. Um, and so that's, um, that's probably going to be very valuable to you too. So if you want to grab that, I'm going to make this available as a free download. Just go to my show notes page at getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash 46. You can grab that download and also uh, say, follow, follow the links to Jill. Uh, if you want to continue connecting with myself or Jill, you can also join me on my, on my Facebook group. It's called Earning the Right. I'm going to invite Jill to it and uh, hopefully you say yes jill oh yeah absolutely so um you can come and join us on earning the right my facebook group again the link is in the show notes page but that really is all we've got time for today i want to thank my guest jill and thank you for listening because it really is down to all you listeners that make this possible and worthwhile until next time take care of yourself here's to you and your highly successful business